Man, I it's so, and I know this is like not nice to say it. I mean, really, who cares? This is a whiskey rant. But um, if Diageo didn't own this distillery, think about how great this distillery <laughs> would be. Hey, welcome to Super Social Club. I'm Jeremy. This is Whiskey in the Six. I'm Rob. Welcome to the Whiskey Rant Podcast. It's a little crusty. It's frustrating. And it's going to be a little bit of a rant. I don't understand it. I don't know why. Some sort of injustice. Anyway, end rant. Hello and welcome back to the Whiskey Ram Podcast. I'm Jeremy. I'm Rob. Tonight we're talking all things Kalila. Kalila. An interesting distillery that you find a lot in independent bottlings. And I think that's what we're going to focus our attention on tonight. Um, what makes Kalila so good in the independent bottling market? Well, we should start by telling them we have four different independent Kalilas right here. We do. Let's run down what we got going on So we got a here. Gordon McPhail, which is a 1997, 23-year-old, 59.9% ABV, uh, sherry cask. So first of all, sherry cask. So this is your, this is the new toy in the garage. This one you yeah. just got recently. 23-year-old banger. Yeah. Right? Then we got, this one we've had for a long time. This is like, dates back to when you and I were SMWS members. Yes, the brief period. Yeah, and we never actually reviewed this bottle. No? I, I'm not sure if you did on your channel, but I don't, I know I didn't. Uh, smoked salt orange peel, 53.250 is the society cask number. It's an 11 year old refill hogshead ex bourbon. Okay. 58.4% ABV. Yep. SMWS. It's been a while since I've tried this one, so I'm going to be very interested to go back and revisit it because I remember it being very, very nice. Yeah. And this one I haven't touched very much at all because I was waiting for something like this. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a Valentin Mallet, 52.9%, 11 years old as well. So these are both 11 years old. Interesting. This is Asian Sherry Cask. It doesn't say refill, but we can assume that it is. Judging by the color, it's Decent. very, very light. Yeah. Um, if you looked at it, you would say ex-bourbon for sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, all right. And then the last one here is a malt barn, which is 13 years old, 54.5% ABV. None of these are added color or chill filtration, which is great about independent bottlers because I don't really think there are very many independent bottlers that add color mm -hmm. or chill filter their whiskeys. Um, ex-bourbon cask so this is the only one in an ex-bourbon cask okay oh no this one was as well sorry so there's two and two two ex-bourbons two cherries yeah. one with definitely more cherry influence than the other so yeah. uh, all right um colila isla distillery uh diageo product one of the main components in the johnny walker line that yeah. adds a little smoky flavor to their whiskeys um huge production yeah. 6.5 million liters per year. Massive. Um, so very big. And you do see a lot of it in the independent bottling market. So let's speculate, why do you think that is? Yeah, so, I mean, just based on sheer production numbers mm -hmm. would be a good reason. Yeah. Um, we have a funny little Kalila story, actually, you and I. Oh. Remember the first tasting that I did at the Caledonian? Yeah. We popped a bottle of it was a Gordon McPhail, like 13 years old. It was a Kalila, and it sent us on a wild goose chase to find. Yes. Yeah. So we ended up, you ended up finding it. Yeah. 
And we were like in love with that bottle. That was a really good one. It was the part of the cast strength series, I think. Yes. Or the Connoisseur's Choice, I can't remember. Yep. Um, I think it was the cast strength yeah, series. Yeah, cast strength series, yeah. Yeah, and it was just one this one batch, and it was like the best Kali that we've ever had at that point in at time, that point. for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It was fantastic. And mm. for a while, we kept buying up some Kalilas. Because yes. we were like, we wanted to replicate that taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting uh, profile, Kalila. And it is very recognizable. Uh, it does stand out from Isla, for sure. Yeah. Well, I think that would be a, a good test tonight, is to see if... You know, we're, we're having four different types of Kalila. Do they taste like they're all from the same distillery? Yeah. Or is it, you know, on the nose, you do get that Kalila kind of peat. For sure. Which you don't hear too many people describing. You know what a Lafroy peat is. You know what an Ardbeg peat is. You know what, uh, like, Octomore peat is, yeah. right? Yeah, this peat to me, like, it comes off as kind of this, like, kind of chalky kind of element to it. Okay. It's got this, like, charcoal, um, chalk, yep. kind of, like, dankness. Um, it is its own thing, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's like a farmy, it's like a farmy, charcoaly version of a Laphroaig. Like, okay. dial back, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's kind of what I get. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, you take a look at, like, different blended malts or blends in general or yeah. whatever. If yeah. it's got some smoke aspect to it, there's a good chance that you find some Kalila in there. Yeah, and, and I think I think there's a couple reasons for it. I think, like we said earlier, it's due, in fact, to the production amount. Mm-hmm. That, you know, they, they don't mind sharing some of their whiskey, their new, their new make, because there's so much of it. And they're, they're not really bottling too many OBs. That's true. Right? Like, how many OBs does Kalila do? They do their standard 12-year-old. They do 12. They do a distiller's edition. They do a distiller's edition. They do the occasional uh, unpeated, which I don't even know when the last time they've released an unpeated. Yeah, because we had some unpeated, a 15 and a 17 from them. And an 18. And an 18. That was a while ago. Well, yeah. no, the 18 official bottling is peated. The 18 official bottling. Yes. But there's an unpeated version that's castrate. Okay. So the 18 official bottling, I believe, is 43%. Yeah. And so is the 12. Correct. Right. And, and they, do have a, they have a 25 that comes out pretty they, regularly They have as well. a 25 as well. And uh, really, I'm not very familiar with their original bottlings, to be honest with you. I, I haven't... I've tried the 12... I've never tried the 18. Yeah. And I've never tried the 25, I don't think. I think at one point I purchased the 30. We, we had the 30. Yes. The 30 was nice. That was very good. That so, was cast strength. And I have drank through all of those, the 12, the 18, the 25. Um, but the problem is, is that they bottle it at a low ABV, right? That's four, yes. Those are 43% yeah. um, on the 12, the 18. And just not cutting it, uh, as far as I'm concerned. No, the... Kalilas, I think what, what makes them great and, and a lot of independent bottlers really want to get Kalila in their barrels is that it's easily manipulated in, sure. a, in a way. You know what I mean? Like you, the, the sherry cask has done some work yeah. in this one over here. Yeah. You know, um, it's very light. It's very approachable. Even... Yeah. Even at a younger age, like these are not heavily peated whiskeys at all. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say. Correct. Yeah, um, and you're right. Like you can throw Colila into pretty much anything. Yeah, 
if it's a uh, refill sherry, like obviously this refill sherry Valjean Mallet, it's a very, very refill sherry. Oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Like it's, it's similar in color to the other two, which are bourbon cask and they're refill bourbon cask. Right? So it's the lightest whiskey here. Is it, not? it might be. Yeah. It might actually be the lightest. You're right. Um, so maybe it's one of those, I mean, you know, we're just talking from our experience drinking, but maybe it is one of those, um, malts that, you know, is very malleable as far as like mm -hmm. an independent bottle is concerned, a blender is concerned. Um, you can kind of play with it and do lots of different things. It's so out of, on the palate, have you tasted all these yet or no? Mm -hmm. The malt barn is so light, so lemon forward. Very, very approachable. Yeah. Yours are in order from the exact way you see it on the... Correct. Right. So yeah. on, on my end, here's the malt barn, then the Valencia Mallet, then the SMWS, and then the Gordon McPhail. So um, my wife left her water cup down here that I decided to use to cleanse my palate. Uh-huh. Yeah. No one's buying that. That's yours for sure. Yeah, it's my cup. <laughs> What's that scene from Zoolander where they're in the Jeep <laughs> drinking their freaking Orange Julius or whatever it is? You stole it from them. Yeah, awesome. I love it. <laughs> I don't feel bad because it was you that decided to put it in. Usually it's me like, can you? You're like, go find a clip on the internet and put it into the edit. I'm like, oh great, that's going to take a while. Thank you. <laughs> Though they're always pretty funny. So this 23-year-old, this is phenomenal. So it's, yeah. it's it's opened up nicely now. Yeah, so we should say, little disclaimer, these have been open on my bar for over a year. Yeah. This SMWS, SMWS one has been open for like three years. Yeah. Right? Um, this we just got tonight. Mm -hmm. So we've already actually had some experience with it. Earlier, we had a little bit while we were watching the game, and now we're revisiting it. And for 23 years, you would think that the peat profile would have a lot of time to thin out, and it's it's very still vibrant. Yeah, it's you would. My guess is they use one of their more peated like expressions or one of the new like new makes that just happened to be a little bit more peated or tasted a little bit more peated uh, because. This carried that peat throughout. It did, yeah. Compared to some of these other ones that it's like, the malt barn is not as peated, which is only 13 years old, mm -hmm. right? The malt barn is, I think out of the other three, the malt barn might be my favorite. But, I mean, the age, the quality of cask on this Gordon McPhail, mm -hmm. um, First fill sherry, unbelievable. Like how good is that malt barn though? Super light, like you would not expect that to be 54.5% ABV. Yeah, that's true. Um, none of these really drink their, their ABV. None no. of them are hot is what I'm saying. None know? of them are hot. They are all four like really approachable. I would say that the Valentin Mallet might taste the most peated. Yeah, that's good. They're all very nice. And they're like, the peat from Kalila, it's not as strong as like a Laphroaig or an Ardbeg. No. Um, it is maybe, it's not like an, a beginner's peat, but it's like, if you're going to Isla, 
it's on the lower end of like intensity for the peat. Man, I it's so, and I know this is like not nice to say it. I mean, really, who cares? This is a whiskey rant, but um, if Diageo didn't own this distillery, think about how great this distillery. <laughs> like, no, it's yeah. for real, right? Like, we're talking about a, a distillery that pumps out all sorts of whiskey. Mm-hmm. If one million liters out of their six million liters a year yeah. went into virgin oak and then another million went into sherry and then like you know you just you just experimented a little bit I with know. like i this is i feel like this is just diageo's workhorse isla yes. distillery this like you're gonna make spirit and we're gonna put it in the johnny walker we're gonna put it into all the other blends we're gonna sell off so much of the spirit right, right? yep but yeah. like you're right, like they should feel a little. Maybe I mean, if that's their thing, then that's their thing. But when every independent bottler can take your stuff and make it so much better than yeah. your official bottlings, you you gotta feel that. You know, you, you gotta feel that. You should, right? I mean, yeah. like, there's no reason why Kalila should not be a big player in the game. And like, we're not the only ones who say that it's better in the independent bottling market. Everyone says that. Yeah, of course. Like, you talk to anyone, like, look at Ralphie's videos. If he's done an independent bottling of Kalila, he'll straight up tell you, like, everyone knows that the independent bottling market does Kalila better than Kalila does Kalila. Yeah. And it's only because their original bottlings are 43%. Yeah. Because I'm sure they're great. I'm sure they're, they're tasty. They're charging $90 for a 12-year-old. Versus their cousin. Yeah, the, the LCBO. It's 98 now. Oh, it's 98. Yeah. But okay, so their cousin up the street on Isla, Lagavulin, yeah. is charging how much for a 12 year old now? Oh, yeah. 250 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, why not bottle it at a 46, unchill filtered, no added color? Yeah. Start paying attention to your casking. Mm-hmm. Right, because I mean, maybe that's why they're able to bottle or sorry, uh, distill so much is that half of it's not going to them. Yeah, you know they're gonna send out a bunch off, like you said, to Johnny Walker. Mm-hmm. They're sending a bunch off to a whole bunch of different independent bottlers, which leaves very little left for themselves. Yeah, fine. Mm-hmm. But you know, if I were if I came upon some money and I was looking to buy a distillery, this would be one I'd consider. You know what, like Kalila, even though we've, you know, we've said some things about them, they do serve a purpose. And I'm glad that they're still selling spirit to different people because it doesn't happen so much anymore, right? No, you're losing like we a lot talked um, to Gordon and McPhail, right? And like, they're like, distilleries that we used to buy spirit off of aren't selling it to us anymore. Yeah, so it's true. like, what are you left with? Yeah, like think about much. Compass Box, like they get a lot of stuff from Kalila. Um, you know, even the... Uh, Glen Allocky, um blended malts. Mm-hmm. That was rumored with some Kualaki uh, in, in it as well. Yeah. So it's like, if we don't have if we don't have them, like where are these guys getting Isla style whiskey from? Like it's our big. I doubt is selling anything. You're right. I think I, it's possible that McNair's has Kalila in it. They say there's some Lafroy, maybe some Port Charlotte, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's some Kalila, and then. You're right. The Compass Box is using a ton of Kalila stuff. It's Absolutely. either Kalila or Klein Leash in their base. Yeah. Why? Because they probably can buy the most of that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, right? So yeah. um, that's 100% bang on. These are all good. 
These are all good. They're all good in their own respect. Um, I mean, the 23 is in a class of its own, but of obviously it's in a price point of its own as well. Exactly. I mean, I gotta say, price-wise, I think this came in just over 200 bucks. Okay. So 200 for 20, bucks for a 23 year old cast ring? Yeah, I was like, I wanna say, I wanna say it was like 280. Sorry, okay. I lied. It was closer to 300 Closer to 300. Bucks. But 23 years old, single cask, first fill sherry, cast ring. Yeah. What's a, what's a 25 year old go for nowadays? Oh, official balling 25? Minimum 500 bucks. Probably. What's less? Is there any that are even coming in at 500 anymore? Like maybe Glenn Farkless? Glenn Farkless was always like the most budget 25-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. I think Glenn Farkless 25-year-old was one of the first reviews I've ever done on my channel. And that's only because it was affordable Mm -hmm. early on. It was like just under 200 bucks originally. Mm -hmm. You know, so... I remember paying 125 U.S., for a Clem Farkless 25. There you go. Right? Any of these need water? Yeah, I don't think water will hurt any of these and then probably would enhance them all. But yeah, very, very good. Um, and you know what? It's not hard to find an independent bottling of Kalila either, you know? No, no and well, so let's talk price a little bit. Like I yeah. said, the Gordon McPhail is gonna be my favorite. Obviously, it's double the rest of them, but we're mm-hmm. talking double the age as well. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you're looking at 280, 285 Canadian. Um, that's, for me, definitely bang on worth it. Like, you're not getting you're not getting this quality out of the majority of 25-year-olds you buy, and you're not getting anywhere near that price. Judging on the neck pour, 1,000% worth it. Yeah. Because, like, I know for a fact this thing is going to round out and be right. so, so money. Yeah. It's 59.9% at 23 years old. Like, yeah. that's not small. Absolutely. Right? Um, this has been open for a bunch of years. I would say that this is probably my least favorite of the four. And we're talking... SMWS is not cheap. Because you're paying a membership fee every year. Right. And then this bottle, I think, was, like, at least 150 bucks. Yeah. So this was about 120 bought a few years later. Like when did I, when did we buy this? If it was one of the first ones we bought, that's like that's 5 years ago probably. So this is 11 years old and it was distilled in July of 20, uh, 2006. So it's we bought this in 2017. 2017. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, 5 years ago. Yeah. So and then um, six years ago, this Valentin Mallet, I think, is a 2020. Yeah, 2020. But I bought it like last year sometime um, from Vine Arts. Mm, that's nice. The malt barn I've been hitting the hardest, and that's 2020 as well. Bottling. Okay, so let's just obviously we let's take the 23 out of the equation. Yeah. Because like that's obviously our favorite. Yeah. But of the other three. These two are the exact same age at 11 years. Mm-hmm. And do we know the age no, of this? These, these two are the same age at 11. Okay. This is 13. Okay. So two years older, but just like a completely different whiskey mm-hmm. than the other three. Yeah, that malt burn, very, very nice. Get a really nice lemon note on that. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. I get every kind of lemon, like yes. lemon zest, yes. lemon juice, lemon meringue pie. Lemon cake. Yeah, like a lemon loaf. Mm-hmm. It's kind of very much like, you know how like Ardbeg 10 gives you that lemon note? Yeah. It's similar to that as far as like when you get that citrus with the peat. Yeah. The Valentine Mallet is, is, it definitely benefits from having a little bit of water. It's a very, like, thick, viscous kind of whiskey. Yeah. Um, I feel like the Valentine Mallet, it very much, like, has more of this distillate mm-hmm. shining through. Mm-hmm. I feel like you get more distillate. I get more kind of, like, that multi characteristic with this one. Yeah, I was even going to say, like, you used the word, we were drinking a whiskey of a week or two ago and you said like it's got this like agave kind of taste mm-hmm. and I get that from the Valentine Mallet a little yeah. bit which is not a bad thing it just kind of tastes a little agave mm-hmm. like that sweetness and that like almost like, like like what you would expect for like a tequila to yeah. kind of taste like right yeah I mean we're both big fans of agave spirits so yeah. it's a good thing for us yeah it's not a bad thing um I would say there's also this like, maybe it's just like in my head that this is an Italian independent bottler, Valentine Mallet, but I get this almost like a model kind of like. <laughs> thought you were gonna say grappa for a second. <laughs> I love it when you say grappa. <laughs> no, I don't get grappa, but. Say grappa to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, like, I'm getting like an amato like, like an aperitivo kind of like um what's a good example like aperol kind of okay yeah yeah right yeah i think i'm right there with you i think that the valentine mallet and the malt barn are outshining the scotch whiskey uh scotch malt yeah, whiskey association I bottling i think the 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 easiest pour and play even including this so far is this the malt barn okay. the malt barn is so easy to drink yeah it's almost too easy to drink mm-hmm. right um with water i would actually say that it it's becomes too easy to drink it, you almost want to leave this neat because mm-hmm. it's better i think the valentine mallet benefited from being like having a touch of water i would think they all benefited from water actually yeah okay yeah. i haven't tried the um the gordon mcphail with water just take a sip and like we're not guys who usually add water to whiskey rarely we really do um i feel like we when we see or when we taste something that's like you know this we, we kind of know right if it's like if it's slightly tight um it, you kind of can tell if like if water is going to benefit a whiskey or not. i think right? so too i think we're, we've been pretty much on the same wavelength playing field where it comes to like we only add water when we think it's going to bring a new element that we need. Yeah. And I think like a good starting point is like cast strength peated. You can always probably add water to those whiskeys. Oh yeah. You know, this benefited quite a bit because it was great when we started and now it's drinking like beautiful. It's like buttery sweetness on the, on the nose. James James has a word he, he he calls like when he really likes a whiskey he's like how crushable like mm. this is so crushable and mm-hmm. he's right he's bang on this is like completely crushable 
that's like that's one of those whiskeys that you'll see on the side and it'll be like down to here by the time I get to the review because <laughs> yeah it's really good I love that chocolate note that that came out with water and like you said first fill sherry cask on this mm -hmm. at 23 years you don't see that with Kolita very often mm -hmm. right you see a lot of like refill sherry obviously in ex-bourbon yeah um, but to be a first fill, I mean, Gordon McPhail does things differently than everyone else. Absolutely. Cause I think like they have stock and they've been doing it for a very long time. Right. Um, how good is like, can we just take a second and talk about their cask like selection and mm -hmm. the use of like what cask, like this doesn't come off as something modern sherry. No. And, and the reason it doesn't is a first fill modern sherry. What does it look like nowadays? Black. It's black. Coca-Cola. It's, it's yeah. And, and that's not, that's not a real thing. That's manufactured. Something's yeah. happening there. They're, they're trying the cask. They're, they're probably pouring it into a vat. And then for the last year, it's the same cask. Right. It's still first fill sherry, but they're trying the shit out of it to get this like crazy color. And mm -hmm. then they're putting it back in, but it does affect the whiskey. Yeah. It, it's either hit or miss, but at that point, mm -hmm. they didn't touch this. Yeah. They poured this in a first fill cask 23 years ago and they left it for 23 years. And that's what it should look like. This is what a first fill cask know. should look like. Man. Doesn't that like, isn't that disappointing? Like, I, I don't would know. love to like pick Richard's brain about this one. Cause like, I wonder how much Khalil they have. Cause I'm sure they have lots. And like, what other cast do you have it in? You know? Oh, I would. I would assume that in the last ten years they've really started to play with their new options. Because when did when did when did the Scotch like who makes the rules for Scotch? Uh, again, I can't remember what the word. Like, I always get it mixed up with these guys. The Scotch Whiskey Society. Scotch Whiskey and uh, the Association. Association, yeah. yeah. Um, when did they decide that you can use like tequila casks and mm. like uh, apple brandy casks and all that stuff? That happened what like in the last five years or ten years? I don't know. Are you gonna make me research it and put it in? Well, yeah, we can. I can do that kind of quickly right now, but I feel like it wasn't that long ago. Guaranteed, they're gonna be experimenting with that. And what are they gonna do that with? The stuff that they get the most of. Yeah. So Kalila, you're gonna see in an apple brandy cask in ten years. Right. You're gonna see Kalila in a mezcal or a tequila cask in ten years. Yeah, I mean, like we see brandy cask maturation in in you know whiskey in general yep. uh, throughout throughout the landscape. Yep. Tequila cask. I don't know. Like, I don't think we see too much, do we? So there was because usually a tequila cask, like if they're maturing, it's usually an ex bourbon cask. Mm -hmm. right? They usually take ex bourbon for the anejos or whatever yeah. else. So there's a um, there's a Kilholman that's a mezcal cask. Let's let's look it up. Scotch aged. The thing about like mezcal is like you're getting a little bit of smoky element with that already. To put that into, to use a pita whiskey to put into a mezcal cask, who knows what could happen. It could be terrible. Yeah. It could be good. Well, uh, Shivas has just announced their new expression that has undergone a final period of maturation um, in 
tequila casks. Mm-hmm. So that's coming out soon. Yeah, I think like, I think, I mean, it's gonna be tricky. Tequila cast will be very, very tricky because yeah. like you don't want too much cast influence. I think if you did like something like virgin oak and tequila cast, maybe yeah. you'll get something nice. Yeah, I could see that. I think, I think maybe, yeah, it's got to be like right at the end to just finish it. Right. I think something like that. It's got to be a quick, a really quick hit. Because like you just want a subtle, very, very subtle uh, influence from that. Yeah, and I think it would have to be an older tequila that just came out of Like, think about it. If, if it was, if it was great and it worked, we would see more of it, but we don't, right? Well, it's new, right? Like, that's what I was trying to figure out. I just can't remember how, how... It's new for Scotch whiskey, but, like, it's not new for anyone else. Like, anyone could be doing it at any time, you know, it's not like... Yeah, true. It's not like agave spirits or something new. What got better in this glass over time? Out of the out of the three on this side here, I would probably say the Valange. Yeah. I do really like it, and I do like it because it does display more of the spirit. It is very spirit driven. This one. Yeah, it's. But I just took a sip of take a sip of the SMWS one more time. Yeah, there's something about the SMWS on the finish that I'm not a hundred percent on board with. Okay, it's sweeter than the other two I find. It's a little sweeter. Yeah, there's like this little bit of sharpness, I think, on the on the finish for me. But if I had to rank them, not including the 23, because that's obviously the best, I would probably go Malt Barn, then Vallage, but very, very close, and then SMWS would come in third for me. Yeah, I think we're completely aligned. Um, yeah, that Malt Barn is really good. The Vallage and Mallet is a very close second. So for our American viewers, Maltburn is an independent bottler that brings stuff into Canada. I think so. Do they have a U.S. distribution? I don't know. There, there's an umbrella. I think umbrella. they do. It's an umbrella. I think, they, I think they do. There's a couple different. They're a whiskey agency brand, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. So I think whiskey agency goes into the U.S. Do they okay. not? Or I could be wrong about that. But. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I know that they do operate in Canada. Yeah. Right? Because we know Igor. Yeah, Igor, he works with Malt Barn, Valentine Mallet, Whiskey Agency. I don't know if uh, Malt Barn and Whiskey Agency are interchangeable, though. I think okay. they might be. Yeah, see, first fill, Sherry Butt, cask number uh, 12,494. This is really good. Mm-hmm. This is really good. 1997. So that means this was bottled in like late 2020, early 2021. So it's already been bottled for a couple of years. But that does happen when when we get Gordon McPhail. Like usually if it's bottled for Canada, we don't get it for at least a year after it's been bottled. And that's just like red tape, shipping, etc., etc., etc. Yeah, et that's part of it. I think once the we get labels, to try them right. and figure out which ones we're choosing or whatever, it's already been bottled. Yeah. I think Highland Park does that as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, As far as 
What do you think it would take to buy a distillery like Kalila off of Diageo? <laughs> They're not going to sell it. They can't. I, I think they wouldn't just because it fuels too many of their other... It fuels too much, yeah. right? Like, what are they going to do? Do all Talisker for their peated expression? They need a little bit of this. Yeah. They do need it. They and they're not going to use Lagavulin because Lagavulin, they make too much money on the single malt. I agree. Right? Yeah. Talisker, they make a lot of money on their single malt as well now. So and if you had to guess as far as like Diageo using spirit, peated spirit, mm-hmm. and like putting it throughout their brands, it's got to be Kalila one, Talisker two, right? It, I mean, a, a great indication as to how they feel about this brand is they have yet to bottle a special release, mm-hmm. annual special release of Kalila, mm-hmm. right? They haven't done it. They've done it with Singleton. They've done it with, like we said, Ka- uh, Talisker, Lagavulin. Yeah. Um, they've done it with Klein Leash. They've done it with Cragenmore even. But they haven't they done haven't it with done Kalila. They haven't done it with Kalila. That's a great point. Right? It hasn't found their way into their very artistic labels for yeah. their special releases. Which is yeah. I a little bit disappointing because other people are doing great things with that, that their whiskey, technically. Yeah. You know, so hundred yeah, um, percent. It's kind of sad. Kind of sad. Leave us a comment down below um, if you have an independent bottle of Colila that you like a lot. Throw it in the comments. Yeah, throw it in the comments. Let's get a little bit of a I don't know list going here. Sure. That, that people can go to and and try to find some some good quality Colila if they've never tried Colila. And if you've drank through so much independent bottling Colila. Who's doing it best? What independent bottler is throwing out consistently good Kohlila year after year, release after release? Who's doing it best? I mean, Gordon McPhail. Gordon McPhail is doing it best. <laughs> For us. I For mean, us. Well, 100%. so far, the best two Kohlilas we've had. Yeah. Arguably the the uh, original bottling of that 18-year-old unpeated is up there. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, Gordon McPhail has the next two. This and that that one that the we cast strength series. I think it was, like, it was like a two thousand eight maybe or something like that. Two thousand eight or two thousand seven. It was one of those years. One of those. It was phenomenal. Two thousand yeah, something like that. Really, really good. It was excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Leave us your comments about Kalila down below. Very much interested to hear what you guys have to say about this distillery. Should we really quickly score these? Could we score these? Could you score these? Sure. I guess we can go ballpark for like most of them. I guess, this one I, we can save for another night because it's a neck pour. Okay. So let's go with these three because they've sure. been sitting on the bar for a okay. long time. Yeah, 100%. Um, the malt barn for me is 87. The Valanche Mallet is 86.5. And the SMWS, I'm going to go 83, I think, on that. And... The Gordon McPhail, it's it's approaching ninety. It's it's, approaching it's, a, it's getting up to that ninety level for yeah. me, and I think it will be at that ninety score. Yeah, it's very uh, close when it gets to the money zone in the bottle for sure. Yeah, we'll review this at a future date. Sure. Um, for now, you have Jeremy scores. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Jeremy eighty-seven on this one. I'm gonna go on the Valentine Mallet. I'm gonna go eighty-seven as well. I think I like the malt barn better, but I think some nights I would 
turn to the Valentin Mallet more okay. because it offers something a little different, maybe a little bit more peat. And then, yeah, I think this is an 84 for me, the SMWS. Right. Okay. Well, we're, very, we're pretty much right there. Yeah. On all of them. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Kalila. Independent bottlings do it better than the officials. Um, what other distillery does that? Well, the independent bottling does it better than the distillery. Without, like, without question. That's... Without question. That's tough because, I mean, now that the, like, it would have to be, you'd have to go back to Diageo. Yeah. Right? Would it be, um, Klein Leash? I think Klein Leash. It's gotta be Klein Leash. Cranamore. Yeah. Right? It's gotta be Klein Leash because, like, Klein Leash, like, what do they have? They have the 14 in the distiller's edition. It's like, is that it? Is there, like, core range? Probably Ben Nevis. Yeah. Ben Nevis or, like, um, uh, there's another one. Uh, it with an B, but it's... I mean, it's going to haunt me. But it's... Those are the, like, the ones that you always see in, in independent bottlers. Yeah. They're kind of, you know... Mm-hmm. Ben Nevis... They, people rave about their OBs. Have you ever tried a Ben Nevis OB? I mean, maybe like an old 10? I don't know. I don't remember tasting the 10. And... A very old 10 that I maybe had one. like one sip of. Yeah, yeah I don't, I don't so. know. I've never had a bottle of it. Yeah. That's it. I don't. I mean, there's there's a few out there. Leave us a comment down below. Um, throw up a like if you enjoyed the Whiskey Rant podcast, and we'll see you next time, guys. Thanks so much for watching. Cheers. Cheers, guys.